Welcome back in, Randos, to the Fandom at Random podcast. We're back in action. Remotely. Yeah, we've got Brian. Uh, he has gone random remote this week. Brian, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, dealing with um, some messy stuff over here. Oh, the, boy. The, the lady is sick, so we uh, decided. <laughs> yeah, no, not not the Ovid, but other stuff. So, yeah, we got to go remote just this once. We'll be back next week. Beautiful. Well, that's, dude, the power of technology. It's like you're in the room with me. It's amazing. I know. I can feel your presence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We have a great episode for you today, Randos. And, I mean, Peter Cottontail, he's hopping down the trail. So uh, we... funny. Shit on me. (laughs) (laughs) We've got an Easter-centric fandom focus today, which is going to be a lot of fun. And, Brian, this is episode 97. I can't believe it, man. We've uh we've been doing this for almost a hundred episodes. That shit is crazy. Fucking insane, dude. I didn't think we'd get three episodes off the ground. Never mind a hundred. I know. And I mean we've got speaking of episode one hundred, again, episode one hundred coming up in three weeks from now. You're gonna want to make sure hop on fandom at random.com if you're not already following us on our socials. Uh there's also on our website, there's a little watch tab. You're gonna want to click that. That'll bring you directly to our YouTube page. Uh, make sure you subscribe, hit the bell, because uh, this podcast, man, it is going on video very soon. Oh, boy. Yes, sir. I'm working on the test footage now. We're going to have video coming at you. It's exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty pumped for it. But, mm-hmm. Randos, for our 100th episode, we want to get you guys involved. I mean, especially you, the, you of us that have been listening since episode one, uh, since our very just not polished episode one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you've, if you've hung with us, thank you. If you're newer, thank you as well. And we want to hear from you. So this week on our socials, we're going to be posting pretty much the entire 100 episode is a thank you to you guys and a celebration of us getting through all of this and enjoying it, and we want you to ask us whatever you want us to talk about in this episode, we're going to talk about it. So hit us up yeah. with, if you have topics or questions about us in general, if you have questions about the podcast, if you have questions about whatever it is, a particular fandom, you know, hit us up. We'll answer anything and everything that you hit us up with. We'll try to get to as many questions as we can, and if you submit no. something and we end up using it in the episode, guess what? You might just win a prize. So, uh, oh boy, maybe uh, a date with me. Oh, <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> the girl wouldn't like that. No, nah, we can come up with something better than that. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But Nothing that being is off limits, people. <laughs> so that being said, keep an eye on our socials, and then again, if you're if you don't if you're not on the Facebook or the Instagram hype train, you can always drop us a line at fandom at random pod at gmail and yeah, that's about it. So I think we're going to do some news before we get into our fandom focus. How do you feel about that, Brian? I'm feeling the news. Feeling that's... it real good. Oh, I'm feeling it. Let's do it. <laughs> it's the news at random. Yeah, and unfortunately, we got to kick it off with uh, one of our Finish him. fandom fatalities of the week. 
Ah, uh, Jessica oh, Walter. Jessica Walter. This one sucks, man. Award-winning actress. Her career has spanned five decades. Uh, she passed away at the age of 80 at her home in New York City in her sleep. And she is at least current day or more current day in the past couple decades. She's best known for playing the character of Lucille Bluth on Arrested Development. And she was just hilarious in that role. And uh, she also voiced Mallory Archer, uh, the voice of the titular character Archer. And right, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's a bummer. She was oh, hilarious. And she was in Dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah, she was. <laughs> no shit. Yes. That's a sad, sad thing, man. Yep. Yep. Even sadder, I did not have her in my death pool. I knew it was coming, and I <laughs> knew it was going to feel just as bad when you said it. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer, man. Yep. What can you do? Speaking of uh, a bummer and kind of a head scratcher, what is the deal with Microsoft rebranding? So their Xbox Live is gone. It is now yeah. known as Xbox Network. So I mean, obviously you've got the PlayStation Network. I mean, what's what's Microsoft's kind of thought process here? I mean, Xbox Live has been the thing forever. Yeah, and it just rolls off the tongue better. So Xbox Network, like their thing is making all their shit so confusing. Xbox Series X, One X, One S, One S, and now they're doing Xbox Network. You know, it just, it, I don't know, maybe it's because they're on the whole merge every piece of technology train and they want it to be a network. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure what they're going for with this kind of rebranding. I mean, obviously we had, what was it, three or four months ago, they created that shitstorm where uh, they kind of made it fly under the radar. They were going to raise the pricing on Xbox yeah. Live, and then there was a just, everybody flipped out and was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and they had right. to kind of backpedal. They had to do an Xbox 180 and uh, hey. com completely, <laughs> completely change their stance on it, but... Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of curious. Uh, so it it's is. Xbox Network I now. I don't understand it. I, you know, I'm I'm looking for like older Xboxes because I still can't afford to get the newest one. But even all that shit sold out. The controllers, the Xbox Ones, the One S's, everything. It's insane right now. Yeah, man. I'll keep an eye on the Series X for you, man. Yeah. Matter of time. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've got, actually, I should have mentioned, like, all of these to kick things off. This is just a shit ton of video game news that's happened yeah. this last week. Uh, quick yeah. shout out, my cousin Kyle. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, I, know you, I know you've been listening. Thank you. What's up, uh, what's up Kyle? <laughs> Kyle. So he had mentioned uh, he wanted us to cover some more, like, if we could, like, esports news. And he, literally, he mentioned that, and then, like, a day later, this news dropped. PlayStation bought Evo. So Evo fighting game, like who hosts, like, you know, like the biggest fighting game style tournaments in the world is Evo and PlayStation owns the rights. And I'm kind of scratching my head. And a lot of people are because a lot of people watch Evo fighting for one thing. And that's, yeah. that's super smash brothers. You know, uh -huh. smash has been a staple of Evo for so long and obviously, with Smash being a Nintendo property, yet the event is now owned by PlayStation, what's going to happen, Brian? Um, I think that's a good question. No, honestly, I think they're just trying to suck up everything they can, just like Xbox is. Um, 
I don't think we're ever going to see anything Super Smash Bros. from PlayStation, but it's a moneymaker, and that's what they're trying to do, you know? Yeah, and there have been so many, so many great fighting games. I mean, there's kind of been a resurgence in fighting games in the last, like, five or so years. I mean, the newer Mortal Kombat, uh, we mentioned Smash, Dragon Ball Fighters, which was hugely popular. Yeah, so, I mean, it... There's definitely been that little bit of research, and so it, it, I can see why Sony wanted to acquire those rights, but... It does seem a little strange, though. Like, why not go for a shooter? <laughs> like, shooter events, you know? I don't know, but yeah, yeah it is really weird. Yeah. Uh, let's keep talking about Microsoft, and it, these people, speaking of weird acquisitions, everybody's buying everybody up. <laughs> Dude, Microsoft is in discussions to buy Discord, huh. and I mean... You and I use Discord all the time, especially when we're on PC. And yep. this, to me, is another kind of a head-scratcher because, like, Microsoft, they already own Skype. They yeah. own they own Microsoft Teams, which they're more using in, like, a business setting. So why mm-hmm. why are they now going after Discord? I, I know yeah, I understand Discord cool. has, like, that. They've, they've got the recognition, especially amongst gamers, as, like, the go-to platform. But yeah. it's just another weird thing. And apparently, a lot of people thought Microsoft was trying to scoop them up. Discord apparently approached Microsoft and said, hey, we'd be potentially interested. So the, the figure that they've thrown out is $10 billion. You know what this says to me? It sounds like they're going for a huge Steam-like um, store slash program on PC. It looks like they're trying to make a big move on PC because they're taking up Discord. They, um, you know, they're rebranding the name Network. I don't know. I'm getting a vibe where they're trying to take over the PC gaming economy. I mean, I I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly because Phil yeah. Spencer has come out multiple times, especially with Xbox swooping in, and Xbox seems like they're playing the long game right now right like they're yeah they're positioning themselves they're making these acquisitions a lot of people shitting on xbox right now oh you don't got the first party titles those are yeah. those are coming because they bought a bazillion studios that are all working on this shit but they're positioning right. yeah, themselves because yeah. i mean windows if you look at windows based operating systems i think they still it's like 85 <clears> percent <throat> of the market is still a windows based pc and mm-hmm. now with Game Pass being interlinked between PC and the Xbox ecosystem, I mean it, it's smart. If you can bridge the gap, if you can, you know, add Discord as your go-to chat like program, and right. add Game Pass on both, and everything kind of meshes and synchronizes. I kind of I agree with you. It's almost like the Netflix of gaming in between both right. platforms. Very strange. So, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years we find out exactly what they've been working on and what they've been setting themselves up for. <laughs> well, we can't leave the we can't leave the retarded little brother out of this conversation. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Nintendo. <laughs> I did it. I made a game. I, I did it. Hey, we we can be like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean Nintendo. Nintendo's smart. They're doing their own thing. And yeah, it's, they're not it's, trying to compete with PlayStation or Microsoft. They're competing alongside them in their own territory. You know? Yeah. And Nintendo, the, the rumor mill keeps swirling. And as of now, this is all but confirmed that the whatever they want to call it, the Switch Plus, the Switch Ultra, whatever they want to call it, 
The shit is coming up. Switched hard. <laughs> Switched hard. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I would buy that. <laughs> so uh, the Switch Tard is going to come out. It's going to come out end of this year, holiday season. It's going to happen. And, yeah, yeah. And the rumor mill is saying it's going to launch with the new NVIDIA Corp uh, chip. It's going to allow much better graphics. They're touting it's going to be full 4K, uh, docked, potentially full 4K handheld as well, improved frame rates. Kind of similar to what the Xbox Series X has done with their frames per second boost with older titles. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're telling me right now I can buy this and I can play like a Breath of the Wild upscaled, especially Breath of the Wild 2 in 4K with like 60 frames per second, sign me up. I, I may double dip right? on that. Yeah, dude, if they can pull that off, especially in handheld, they might actually have a step up on Sony and Microsoft because... The only thing holding Nintendo back right now is their, you know, kid-themed games or kid-themed art. All their exclusives are Mario, Zelda, you know. But if they have 4K, 60 frames per second, and all the third-party games can be played handheld like that, that's fucking huge. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree, and it, it it's going to be curious to see what they do. I mean, I think this is a given that they're going to go down that road, but... They've got they've got the handheld market on lock. We've seen right. we've seen Xbox with Project X Cloud try to delve into that. I've tried mm-hmm. it. I mean, I don't know. In my opinion, it kind of sucks because you still get yeah. that, even though it's only like it's like a millisecond or two of latency. It's enough yeah. that if you you know if you're a hardcore gamer and that latency is there, it, it's a deal breaker. Depending yeah, on the game, depending is, on the yeah. game, like you can't play a shooter or a fighting game, or if it's like a tactical, like a turn-based game, latency is not going to matter as much. But I mean, right, I yeah. think I think Nintendo's smart right now. They've 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 got the handheld market. They've got some of the console market. You know, they're mm-hmm. not going to get the high-end shit. But I, 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 you see it all the time. Like it's it's the complementary console. A lot of people will have either a PC and a Switch. Or an Xbox and a Switch, or a PlayStation and a yeah. Switch. Not many people have both, so right, it's interesting. And um, I mean, yeah, it's a perfect setup. If you have one of the big two consoles and then the Switch, like what I do, dude. If I'm, I play console at night. When I'm not playing console and I have some free time, I turn on the Switch handheld, get going on that, and then run over to PC. So it's a great setup. Also, a little bit of news for Switch that I learned this week. If you want to play Mario 64 and they, they have that collection, All-Stars, yes, um, and you haven't gotten the game yet, it will be getting pulled from the store the 31st this week. Um, and you won't be able to buy it, And you won't be able to buy it in store. So if you want to pick that up and you want to be able to play it, you've got to get it before the end of the week. Why do they do this timed bullshit? I, dude, it's like- I have no idea. It's Nintendo's, like, you know, I read the book Console Wars. They do this shit as marketing strategies to get people to, you know, first buy it or something. Yeah, yeah, it just pisses consumers consumers off, in my opinion. Yeah, but they got me to get it, so well, <laughs> I can't talk. Speaking of X Nintendo, <laughs> let's talk about Reggie Phil's Ames. His body is Reggie, Brian. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh. We mentioned before, obviously, Reggie, he left Nintendo a couple years back, and he actually joined GameStop uh, to their their direct board of directors. He was going to hop on and kind of try to whip them into shape. Well, less than a year into his tenure at the company, 
Uh, he has now stepped down. Uh, he Oof. is he is leaving the company in June. So he was one of eight other board members um, that are now set to be replaced in 2021. So obviously we've talked about the whole the game stonks uh, with the stock market and yeah. all that shit going on. And it seems like GameStop is now like they're like, all right, we need to like shit or get off the pot. We need to figure this shit out. And they are just completely retooling their company. Yeah, which, I mean, it's long overdue. Let's hope they do something good with it. <laughs> yeah. Last bit of video game news. Again, speaking of people leaving companies, this this is just bad news, man. So Dude. CD... So, oh, you want to go ahead? Why do you... Yeah, you talk no, about I, this. I mean, I was going to mention something after, but yeah, CD Projekt Red actually lost their lead gameplay designer. Uh, I, oh, this is why he wanted me to take it, because he can't pronounce this fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> it's Andre <laughs> Zawadzki. I'm going to try. I'm going to try Zawatsky? here. So it's, yeah, Zawatsky. Andre Zawadzki? Zawadzki. Zawadzki. Again, yeah, it, it sucks. So this guy is their lead gameplay designer. He was a lead gameplay designer on Cyberpunk 2077, so... Huge position within the company. He's leaving CD Projekt Red after eight years with the studio, and he's just out. So this is not I mean, a good, this is not a good it, sign. <laughs> Yo, deuces! But do you blame him? The only thing left for CG Pro, CD Projekt Red, they already got sued. Now everyone individually will probably end up getting sued soon. So everyone's just fucking out of there. But. So what I was going to ask you is, is this the end of Project Red? Do you think they can actually come back from Cyberpunk? Yeah, they can. So what they were before with Witcher 3. So the issue with... I'll, so very, very quick timeline so we don't stray too much, but CD Project Red, they launched The Witcher 3. And what a lot of people don't remember is The Witcher 3, because it came out so goddamn long ago, The Witcher 3 was also a bug-riddled mess. It, right, was, yeah. it wasn't until years later with patches, adding the free DLC, that it became the game that everybody knew and loved. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of people forgot that when, and I'm not, I'm not trying to defend them because they launched a broken game. There's no question about that. It was a broken game. Yeah, right. They're still working on fixing it, on patching it. But to answer your question, Brian, yes, I think they can bounce back. They had the good graces of a lot of people. Like a lot of people, when they talk about like video game developers, and like you know, they you hear the quote unquote like what are the good ones that are left? CD Projekt Red was always in that conversation. They're not anymore, but yeah, I think if they can over the next year, if they can patch, if they can fix this game and get it up to what it should have been at launch, and if they can launch like some free DLC with it, I think they could they could get back in people's good graces, and then. You know The Witcher 4 is coming. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling that's going to be an Elder Scrolls 6 type deal where it's coming, it's coming. It, you know, PlayStation 11 will have it, but no, you're right. It's definitely coming at some point. Um, I also, what I, you know, not to get too far offhand, but yeah, you might be right, but I think even the base game of Cyberpunk, from what I heard, wasn't good enough to really be worth it but we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens with them all right so let's move on from the plethora of video game news because we've got other mm -hmm. other fandom related shit to talk about one of my favorites anime 
So My Hero Academia, one of my favorites, one of the most popular anime and manga in the world as of right now, also known as Boku no Hero Academia. Uh, So it is coming to an end. The manga is officially coming to an end, which shocked a lot of people. Uh, Again, it is the height of popularity. A lot of people assume this was going to be going on for a long time, but... You know, a lot of people are theorizing that, uh, so Horikoshi, he's the one that created it. They're assuming this is going to be almost like a Naruto versus Naruto Shippuden type deal where, you know, you're going to have, you know, the original Naruto came to an end and then boom, you get that time skip where you go ahead three, four, five, six, seven, X amount of years. So we may see class 1B at this point, they'll be out of high school. They'll have been graduated and you'll see them early on in their hero careers that's the assumption right now, and there people are assuming that if they do this, it's going to get a lot darker, which would be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I I have recently hopped back onto My Hero Academia train. Oh, yeah, you started watching it again. I forgot. Yeah, dude, I'm on episode 11, I think, in the first season, and I love it, honestly. Like, I watched it the first time. Somehow I just fell off, but I'm watching it again. Me and Taylor are loving it, so... Nice. I can't wait to get through the rest of it. And I think it would be badass with them growing up with a little darker theme, you know. And quick shout out, new My Hero movie. <laughs> uh, another little teaser came out. So I think that's coming out later this year. But that'll mm-hmm. be exciting. We'll have to do a review on that one for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another thing that dropped this week that I still haven't checked out that I definitely want to. Uh, Amazon Prime's Invincible has dropped yes. this week. Um, the Image Comics favorite. Uh, it's been adapted into a show. And it looks awesome, man. It looks gritty. It looks gory. The first three episodes have dropped. Are you going to check this shit out? Yeah, I already opened the first episode. And I watched like the first 15 minutes, but I got uh, distracted. And from what I've seen, it already starts off pretty good. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. I mean, that's... That's one. I mean, you know me. You know me, dude. Robert Kirkman and superheroes. I'm fucking in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it looks it looks badass. So, I'll I'll definitely check it out. That's one too. If we hop on the train, maybe we can do a review on it a couple weeks down the yeah. road when it finishes. This next bit of news was interesting. So, uh-huh. and th- this is actually cool. We've actually got like a little bit of a Keanu news block to, to talk about right here let's talk about the first keanu reeves news so john wick if you've been listening to this podcast you guys know that brian and i were huge keanu fans huge john wick fans oh yeah so um the creator of john wick was Derek kolstad um he is being taken like off the project for john wick 4 and pretty much the way that they phrased it the studio said that the property has gotten pretty much too big for him to handle and in not so many words he kind of came out and he's like you know it's still in good hands you know a lot of the people that were still involved with the John Wick trilogy are on board for John Wick 4 and John Wick 5 which has also already been greenlit but Kolstad is not involved with this now whatsoever so he's gone yeah so I'll be curious to see I mean obviously we were a huge fan of the original trilogy not as much the second one. I thought the second one stumbled a little bit, but um, was yeah. it Parabellum, the third one? Kicked ass. Yeah. I, I'm hoping they can retain that spark. I will say, though, you know, the reason, I mean, 
the original director, obviously, the magic of John Wick, it was in an unknown film. It wasn't all polished, like all Hollywood action blockbusters. It was gritty. It was um, on a smaller scale as far as the universe goes. That's what he excels at. So for it to get to where it's at now, I think it's a good thing he's off because I wouldn't want to deal with that either, you know? Like yeah. I said, you lose some of the magic when it starts to turn into a big blockbuster. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, get some new blood in there. Maybe uh, maybe it'll uh, be good for it. Who knows? It won't get stale. Chuck Norris is all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, let's talk more Keanu. So Netflix, they have, uh, their next major action franchise, man. It's going to be an adaption of Keanu Reeves Berserker comic book series. And you and I both said, I didn't even realize he had a comic book series. Right. Yeah. So it's called, I was, I was blown away by it. And then when you first sent me the link, I thought it was the actual Berserker anime. And then I realized, no, it's written by Keanu and it's differently it's like Berserker. <laughs> yeah so there's there's berserk which is one of my favorite anime ever that's been around for forever and then it's yeah. berserker which is b-r-z-r-k-r which keanu was directly involved in with the writing of the comics so netflix has optioned this it's actually going to be a live action film produced and starring keanu reeves and it's going to have a fully sequel anime series with Keanu voicing the lead character. So they're saying they want to do the live action, which I've actually heard comparisons that they want to, they actually want to almost make him like a John Constantine type character, but except more brutal, yeah. like more brutal. And then on the anime end, they're trying to bring in a lot of the team that did Castlevania. So yeah. that, that I'm, that's two thumbs up for me. Two thumbs right up the ass. I'm down for it. <laughs> um, I would absolutely watch that. For <laughs> so, yeah, anything Keanu, man. We love you, dude. Yeah, he's glorious. And last couple bits of news here. The uh, the new Suicide Squad trailer dropped oh, by James dude. Gunn. What do you think, Brian? I just came all over myself when I saw that trailer. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm going to drop that drop again. Go ahead. Um, dude, that trailer looked a hundred times better than the whole first film. Like, King Shark looks fucking awesome. Looks and great. funny and gory. And then um, Idris Elba, you know, the girl from Frozen, he looks awesome. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that joke. Taylor was like, Idris Elba, the girl from Frozen? <laughs> no, not, not her. <laughs> but I think it looks good. Harley Quinn looks fucking awesome. I, it definitely looks like it's back on the right track for what Suicide Squad needs to be. Isn't it weird how like, like we were so like dead to rights with the DC live action universe, and then yeah. the, the Snyder Cut drops, and then... <laughs> I, how can it be coincidence a week later we get this retooled Suicide Squad trailer by James Gunn that looks awesome? Like, is yeah. is, is, is the DC live-action universe back on track? Uh, I wouldn't go that far yet because, remember, this movie started being filmed a few years ago, so they might have just hit, a, hit a, the end of the rainbow with the Snyder Cut and Suicide Squad. But I think we're on the right track, not 
back on track, but on the right track for sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of not on the right track, quack, Oof. quack, <laughs> quack, quack, quack. The Mighty Ducks are back, although not as you, you know them. It. I have yeah, not. I, I have. I haven't watched it. Oh, I tried watching it. I couldn't even make it through the first episode. Yeah, I have not watched it. I've heard early reviews are not being kind to the show. Uh, I watched the trailer. I mean, it's got Emilio Estevez back as Gordon Bombay, which is always cool, but I, yeah. it it just does not look good. It really no, does not look good at all. doesn't have the soul that uh, D2 had. Yep, yep. I mean, they... Maybe, who knows? Maybe if Goldberg is cleaned his act up, maybe they can get him back in there. Yeah, I mean, instead of quack, quack, it's like crack, crack, <laughs> crack. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. Oh, uh, shit. I wish, I'm hoping it gets better because, dude, I love the Mighty Ducks. I would be totally be up for watching it if it gets better, but I don't see it happening. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Goldberg, we love you. You could save anything, just not, you. just not yourself. <laughs> well, I think that about covers the news, Brian. Uh, anything else you want to discuss, talk about before we get into our Easter fandom focus of the week? I think we covered a good amount, so we're good. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> And this week's Fandom Focus, our favorite movie, Easter Eggs. Thought it was fitting with Easter yeah. being right around the corner. Might as well talk some Easter egg action in movies. And who knows, next year, maybe we'll do video game Easter eggs. A bunch of good ones of those, too. So, yeah, I mean, we'll be talking about Ready Player One for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we totally could. I mean, that entire movie is an Easter egg. About yes. about finding the um, eggs. About an Easter egg, yeah. So, um, no, this one's going to be cool. And uh, to kick things off, I rewatched my favorite Easter movie ever, Critters 2, the other day. Oh. And let me just say that it is still the best Easter movie ever because the Easter bunny literally gets critters in his pants and gets his nuts eaten off. So, <laughs> if you're looking something good to watch with the family, Easter Sunday, Critters 2 is there for you. I love Critters, man. I remember that yeah, back in the day, like going in, going into Blockbuster, like the VHS, like horror section. You'd always yeah. see that little uh, the critters, critters box. The, yeah, yeah, the big ball of critters, yes. or the ones where they're lined up. Yeah, dude, it's one of my favorites. The second one is by far the best one. But yeah, if you haven't checked it out and you like horror comedies, check it out. Well, we are going to go into our favorite movie Easter eggs, and these are all. These are all different things that have been hidden throughout some of our favorite films. Some things you may not have even noticed or realized. Some of, our, some of them are very tough to spot. Others, not as much. Some are obvious. But, I mean, this is such a cool thing in movies, like when fans kind of go back, rewatch them, and they say, oh, shit, like, I just caught that. And, yeah. I mean, to kick things off, Brian, you got to talk about this one because this is like you're a movie. Absolutely. I mean, it's literally a part of me now. It's on my back. Uh, true. Fight Club, the one and only, except we don't talk about Fight Club. Uh, many, you know, many fans interpret the movie as a criticism of consumer culture and all this other bullshit. But 
a lot of people didn't notice, including me until I read this, that David Fincher actually put a Starbucks cup in every scene in the film to hammer the point home. It's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely didn't notice it the first time around. But then you think back and you're like, you know what? I really do feel like I wanted a latte after watching that movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> and but, like, yeah, like, I thought that was fun, man. It's yeah. my favorite fucking movie. So, yeah, and like you said, it's such a great Easter egg because that whole movie, like the the point of it, is like anti consumerism and anti all of that, and Starbucks being such a huge part of that, and the yeah. fact that they find a way in like every scene of that film just to stick a little Starbucks cup somewhere in there. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, man. So another one, kind of flip-flopping, one of my favorite films ever, the original Tron. And I don't care what people say. I love Tron Legacy. I love the second one. I thought it was great. Oh, yeah. That was a great movie. And in Tron, not everybody catches this, but when the characters actually go in and they're inside, they're inside the video game, when they're on the grid, uh, they're looking at a map a digital map and if you look to the right of the map you can actually see pac-man pac-man actually like moving around the map on the right like collecting a little uh little pellets yeah. so it's a nice little nod to uh the old school video games and the fact that you know flynn's arcade and very yeah, arcade based that was pretty that was a good one i remember i didn't even hear about this one until like a year or two ago and then you're like oh shit yeah that's right <laughs> so the next two movie easter eggs we have are actually very similar so we'll go old what to do with this <laughs> <laughs> we'll go old school then new school brian you want to take the old school one all right so i for one haven't even seen most of these movies i think i've seen the first one the godfather oh it's so don't, good. Ask, don't ask me why i don't know why i haven't watched them yet sequel's but, even better yeah the sequel's even better and i still haven't watched it and even judge so this one seems a little obvious to me but it's still pretty good uh oranges in the godfather all three of them have been known to foreshadow death in uh pretty much every single movie it's because uh when corleone dies he's slicing oranges right before he has that heart attack, heart attack. And then I don't know about this other one because I haven't seen past the first movie, but the billboard Sonny drives past prior to his ambush. Yeah. There's, there's multiple instances. Uh, there's even one where I can't remember the character's name, but he gets served a drink that actually has a sliced orange peel in it. And then he gets oh, killed. Yeah. So it's like, anytime you see a character with oranges, like in the shot, they're going to die. And it's, it's such well, a huge, like, and then you remember he puts the orange slice in his mouth with his grandson, Corleone, and he gives that big smile with the orange peel. Yep. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely foreshadowing. <laughs> so another movie that had, and another similar gangster movie, kind of the new age godfather, was The Departed. And very, very great film by Scorsese. And I think he, you mean the, the Departed. Oh, dude, the Departed kid. That's true. <laughs> it's a Boston-based podcast. Mm -hmm. Dude, so I had my dunks. I parked my car, and I'm watching the <laughs> Departed. Put it in the VCR, dude, and, and we were watching it in the parlor. And then my mom served me dinner, and there was a kill on the TV. And she was like, <laughs> you fucking motherfucker. No, <laughs> so in the Departed, 
I got to say it that way now. Yeah. Uh, anytime you see a character framed with a X, so the letter X, they're yeah. going to die. And if you go back and rewatch the film after I'm telling you this, it is super noticeable. Like, there's so many, whether it's like they'll shoot it and then there's like an X like spray painted on a wall in yeah. shot. Or even look at like the rug when they go in um, Ben Affleck's apartment. Right. And uh, they're going, not Affleck, uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> Sorry. Get, oh, the Damon. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're tied at the hip, so I always... Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when they go in uh, Matt Damon's apartment, if you look at the carpet, the carpet is all X's, like the design. And it's 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 crazy. If you go through the whole film, just all the X's that are everywhere. And, yeah, uh, dude, it's insane. And the again, spoilers, uh, if you haven't seen this film, skip ahead by about a minute. But um, Mark Wahlberg's character is the only character in the film that survives, pretty much. And he's never in frame with an X. You can go through yeah. and you never see an X anywhere in any frames that he's in. So it's pretty interesting. It's pretty crazy. I didn't know about that one. And you're right. When you go back and actually look at it, you're like, holy shit. So let's let's talk uh, let's talk some Indiana Jones here. The Little. Jones. So obviously George Lucas did Star Wars, did uh did Indiana Jones, did him dirty later on. Newer ones sucked. Yeah. But going back to what I consider to be one of the best Indian, uh, uh, let's go Raiders. Raiders of the Lost Ark. So yeah, uh, the first Indiana Jones. You know, Last Crusade is probably my favorite one. Whatever. Uh, if you go when he's actually, uh, let me go back here. I always forget exactly where he was. Yeah, when he goes up to the Ark of the Covenant in that scene. Uh, you can see hieroglyphics. You can actually see R2-D2 and C-3PO from Star Wars with like hidden within the hieroglyphics. So kind of a cool nod that George Lucas yeah. did with being the Star Wars guy and then implementing it to uh, Indiana Jones. Always thought it was really cool. And a tough one to yeah, catch no, if you was watching it. Yeah, definitely. I remember that was another one I didn't find out about until not too long ago. And... Uh, that's one of those movies I'd love to go back and watch like once a year. So it's cool to go back and see it in the hieroglyphs. And, yeah. Next one I love too. So uh, let's talk Captain America, the Winter Soldier real quick. So Pulp Fiction reference, man. It's subtle, but again, if you're a big Sam Jackson fan, Pulp Fiction fan, you would definitely catch this. So Nick Fury's character is quote unquote died. And even though he hasn't really died, he goes yeah, to look and, he like, <laughs> and he goes to look at his own grave and engraved on the headstone. It says the path of the righteous man. And that, of course, it's a that is the Bible verse that Sam Jackson famously recites in Pulp Fiction as his character, Jules Winfield. So another awesome nod back to such an iconic character by Sam Jackson. Yeah. That was a cool one. And on a side note, have you watched the first two episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier yet? I have, and we, you know, we didn't even bring that up in the news. We probably should have. No, because we skipped. I, I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, but we should talk about it next time. I'm liking it. I think it's like more Marvel stuff, just your average Marvel stuff, but good enough. I like yeah, it. yeah. I, I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. It's not, 
it's not the quick kind of hook that WandaVision had where it was so yeah. weird. I wanted to stick around and see what was going on. But like you said, yeah. it's very procedurally Marvel, and I, we'll see. It's probably going to get better. We'll see, yeah. You want to talk about our next uh, movie Easter eggs here? Yeah, dude. I mean, first of all, Disney has Easter eggs up the ass. Oh, yeah. This one is obviously one of my favorites, one I knew about for a while because it involves The Shining. Toy Story has many references to Stanley Kubrick's classic, The Shining. And one of the best ones, yeah, I noticed this the first time I think I saw Toy Story because they showed us The Shining in fifth grade, which is surprising. But the carpet in, um, in the house has the exact same pattern as the hotel in The Shining. So yep. that was pretty cool. Um, and the number 237. Yeah, that also. I forgot about that one. But it's so cool to see a kid's Disney movie like reference The Shining. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of Shining references. Disney does weird shit like that. Like, the writers or whoever's doing it, they'll reference really, like, off-kilter shit that's not Disney, and they'll, yeah. they'll just put it in the films. And, yeah, I mean, again, talk about... We could do a whole episode on Disney Easter eggs alone. Oh, yeah. But one other, one other one that we can piggyback off this one with is Monsters, Inc. has the Toy Story Easter egg as well. They got what's her face there, Sandy, the yeah. cowboy chick. Yeah, they have her in the in Boo's room. So, and it just keeps going and going with the Easter eggs in Disney. There's a lot of them. There sure is the Disney verse. <clears throat> well, Brian, let's go back in time. Back go to the back future. To the future. <laughs> so, Back to the Future again had a. If you go back and rewatch it, any movie with time travel is going to have a shit ton of Easter eggs. But one of one of my favorites is initially when Marty goes back in the DeLorean, back to the 50s, he crashes into a farmhouse and the farmer runs out and then he references his son. So his son's name is Sherman. And the mailbox that he ends up driving by that then gets blasted with bullets, it's Peabody. So it's old man Peabody's farm, and his son is named Sherman. So Sherman and Peabody from the old school cartoons with, you know, Sherman and Peabody, the super hyper-intelligent dog, and Sherman, yeah. they would time travel all the time and go all around. So that was a nice nod to a similar kind of influential thing with time travel in the cartoon universe. And then another right. one of my favorites that... It's a bit more on the nose, but it's kind of blinking. You'll miss it. So originally when Marty goes to meet Doc at the mall, when he first finds a DeLorean, it's the Twin Pines Mall. After he blasts through there, he ends up running over an old man Peabody's farm with the DeLorean. He runs over one of the pines when he's leaving back in the 50s. He comes oh, back yeah. to current day. Now the name of the mall is the Lone Pines Mall. Because Marty ended up running over one of the two little pine trees. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So such. I a love that movie. Man. I gotta rewatch that trilogy. Oh, so good! It's timeless. <laughs> it really is. Um, and then you know, going back to kids' movies, we got Wreck It Ralph. This is a cool. This one's right up your alley, right? Yeah, I mean, Wreck It Ralph had a again it similar to Ready Player One. The whole right, movie yeah. is just nostalgia and Easter eggs. One of my favorites yeah. was though, 
when they're when they're the camera's panning going through the tunnel at Game Central Station, right to the left you can see there's a spray painted thing that says Aerith Lives, which is an obvious nod to Final Fantasy Seven, which yeah. you know, it's not really I don't want to say spoilers, but you know, Aerith dies in that famously. Wait, what? <laughs> the fuck dude i haven't finished that game yet <laughs> ah too bad deal with it i know i think i've heard that like many times but yeah that's pretty cool i love wreck it ralph dude that movie was one of those ones where i didn't expect anything from it and i watched it on because it was on tv and i fucking fell in love with it just because of all the easter eggs and the video game references yeah great film the second one was okay yeah. it didn't really that shit was dark <laughs> yeah, got a lot darker. They're working on a third one, apparently. We'll have to see what yeah. they do with it. Uh, this next one's you, man. Rango. Yeah, dude, I love this one. because It's just so funny because Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is one of my favorite movies. And at one point in the film, Rango ends up flying through the air and he lands on the windshield of a convertible. And we all know Johnny Depp plays Rango. It's the same convertible and the same characters from Fear and Loathing, so... It's just cool because it's Johnny Depp playing a character who lands on the windshield of one of his other characters. It was yeah, just one of those ones where you look at it and you're like, eh, I get it, you know. Such a great film, Fear and Loathing. Yeah. Rango was good too. Yeah. Let's talk about. <laughs> I love this Le- one, man. Lehuzer. Lehuzer. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. One of <laughs> I I had to look this one up. I never caught this before, but no, early on, either. early on when he goes to Lieutenant Einhorn's desk, uh, if you look, <laughs> there's a very strategically placed banana with two apples <laughs> that foreshadows uh, Lieutenant Einhorn later in the film. Finkel Einhorn. Yeah. Finkel Einhorn. <laughs> You mean um, it foreshadowed Mr. Winky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So yeah, it, that, I've never caught that one. When you put this on here, I was like, no shit. That's awesome. Yeah, you can Google it. There's a picture of it that makes it pretty apparent with the banana and the two apples. But it's it was a great nod and great foreshadowing. Yeah. And the last one I wanted to reference, Brian, I don't know if you have any more after this, but uh, another Stephen King f- film, uh, one of my favorites actually, The Mist. So very dark film with the main character, yes. our protagonist David Drayton, uh, who's an artist. The very beginning of the film, it shows him working on a painting. He's actually painting Roland from the Dark Tower. Uh, and, yeah. And again, with you know, with The Mist, and The Mist is heavily, heavily tied into the Dark Tower universe with like the thinnies and the monsters that come out of them that come out in the mist oh, dude i gotta finish the dark tower series because i always thought this was clint eastwood when i watched this movie no well that's what roland was based off of yeah now that you've gotten me to read into the dark tower series it's really cool and i'm on the second book i definitely have to get through that ah uh, drawing of the three man it's good stuff get through it yes yep um so that's a cool one. I, for one, love The Mist. I know it's a very love-hate movie, but I loved it. The ending kills me. Ending yeah, is that ridiculous. One was fucking rough. And if Fun any fact, the show they had on Spike Network, 
only lasted one season, but that was actually pretty solid too. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. And again, if you've never seen the movie The Mist, you may want to skip ahead by about a minute. But mm-hmm. you know the 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 ending of that film. Another fun fandom fact. So Stephen, ah, Stephen Silver, Stephen King is famous for really not not publicly enjoying or liking a lot of the movie or TV adaptions of his books. He usually comes out and he's kind of like, eh. This. He flat out said, he's like, the ending of the movie is better than the book. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. Like, the, the ending of this movie. Very rare for very rare for Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, my God, dude. When he just, he literally, he's in the car, and he only has, like, because I think there's, what, there's four people in the car, and he's got three bullets. And his yeah. fucking, like, yeah. 10-year-old son is in there, and he shoots and kills him. And then the, oh, then yeah, the army rolls in and saves the day, and he's just sitting there. Oh, and he's gonna it's live like, with that. Oh, what the fudge! Oh Dude, man, that shit was crazy. Again, Stephen King can't write endings to save his life, and that was one ending that actually was great. <laughs> but uh, I think that's about it, Brian. You any more you want to talk about here? Um, I think we covered most of the good ones. You know, I know there was one with R two D two and Star Trek Into the Darkness, and that one was pretty fun, but. Yeah, I think we covered all the good ones. Cool. Well, Randos, we appreciate you listening. We are creeping up on episode 100. But we wish you all a very, very happy Easter. And we'll be back next week. Brian, Godzilla vs. King Kong this week, bro. I signed up for a month HBO Max already, so I will be watching it the day of. Actually, maybe we'll be watching it together so we can do a review. Sounds good to me, man. All right, Randos, catch you later. Later.